Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with your laser. I told you you couldn't get through. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke. Mullets and Memories, a MacGyver podcast about MacGyver. Season 6. Silly putty with a bang. Sounds like the opening of a current affair. Where are we? We're in a garage somewhere. I'm scared, David. I'm so scared right now. Where are we? I don't know. Who's that man in the Jeep? There's a Jeep Grand Cherokee pulling into the warehouse. It's so dark in here. Why is it so dark? Why does he have a skull on his ring finger? It's a ring on his skull finger. Why does he have a ring on his skull finger? Oh, my God. That was amazing. Might have been the best opening we've ever done. They're only going to get worse. No questions. So that was the peak. (laughs) Welcome to Mullets and Memories, everybody. I'm your host, Dave Champa. I'm your other host, Greg Klein. This is Mullets and Memories, episode 123. And today, Greg and I will be discussing MacGyver season six, episode 19, Strictly Business. (laughs) Uh, It's a Murdoch episode. Yeah, we'll get that right out of the way. Um, This is this is a different Murdoch than we've ever seen before. This is a suave Murdoch, leather coat. Slick back hair. Mm. He actually speaks way more than he's ever spoken. I think, over his other what seven, six, seven appearances. I I really think it's because everyone loved the episode where MacGyver and Murdoch teamed up. Yes, and that's the last time we saw him. Like way back at the beginning of season five. So it's been probably over. It's been over a year. Uh-huh. In like, if you're talking like actual like network TV airing, mm-hmm. like Halloween Nights was October of uh, what eighty nine. Yeah, October yeah. of 89, and this is April of 91. Wow. So okay. we're almost a year and a half that, we've, that we haven't actually seen or heard from Murdoch at all. And here he comes back. In oh, a, my God. In a big way. I'm not going to waste any more time, Greg. Let's, uh, let's get into it. So that opening clip you heard was the, uh, like a giant garage bay door opening into a, just a black, open, empty warehouse. <laughs> of course. And you see a big, you know, a Jeep, like a Grand Cherokee or whatever, like pulls mm-hmm. in. The camera cuts to a top-down perspective, and we just see this one big circle light, yeah. circle like a spotlight, come on right on top of the Jeep. Yeah, perfect. This perfectly highlights it. A hand gets out and puts it on, puts his hand on the windowsill on the window, and it's you see like the the iconic skull ring <laughs> on the pinky finger, God. and it pans up, and it's just Murdoch. Fucking Murdoch. He looks, I mean, he just looks like, he looks like he, I mean, God, he looks so good. I don't even know how to describe. (laughs) He was suave. He just had this air of cool about him throughout the entire episode. He really did. And his craziness was a little subdued, but it was still all there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So he's meeting with Hit, the Homicide International Trust. Perfect. Who, if we recall, um... Did they they forced him to retire because he couldn't kill MacGyver? Right? Is that, is that was that how that worked? I can't remember something like that. They forced him to retire, or 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 kidnap. Remember, they're the ones that kidnapped his sister. They kidnapped Ashton, right? right. And they they that was through. There was he had to pass these tests mm-hmm. in order to be like almost recertified. As a member of Hit, or something, it was something like that. I don't remember something just as crazy as Murdoch. But anyway, we remember that after MacGyver saved Ashton, Murdoch basically just took flight, disappeared, and said he had a new lease on life, and was done. He was done with Hit. He ran and took off, and that's it. So now he's back. Yeah. Um. And so we have this really fun scene of him walking through a metal detector, and it blings, and they're like, "You need to remove all your weapons." 
and he like kind of rolls his eyes and walks over to a table and he pulls out a handgun and a clip and two grenades and a knife and a pair of brass knuckles and, <laughs> and he, he looks at the brass knuckles he's like mm-hmm. I know and he puts them down then reaches back and like be, like I think he's gonna pull a coat hanger out that's of his coat that's what I thought he was gonna do but he pulls this like enormous blade out like, mm-hmm. he kind of looks at it shrugs at first and puts I was it down. like at first I was like is it gonna be like a katana blade because that would be amazing this really it just keeps coming <laughs> right but what I love is like there's okay so he gets out of his jeep it's in a spotlight another spotlight comes up on the metal detector right like so so somebody had like a theatrical lighting degree on hit and they decided to light up this entire empty warehouse to have this big dramatic entrance for murder <laughs> that's all because that's seemingly all that's in this warehouse because you don't see anything else you see you see Murdoch in the spotlight then you see these three members of hit sitting at a truck like but out of the dark so they he makes it through the metal detector that's right yeah and then doosh, 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 like three spotlights open up in a path <laughs> and he starts walking from one to, to the other to the other and then it reveals I, I, I don't even say the board of directors of hit at light they're all lit up they're all wearing like white suits it's so and good. they're backlit with this big like oh my god it's ridiculous have you seen it, it's like the beginning of uh of 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 zoolander Oh yes, yeah, very yeah. much like that. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wondering if they were if Zoolander was inspired by this, you know, eleven years earlier. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so yeah, so he gets in and he's standing in front of the the tribunal. <laughs> okay, that's even better. <laughs> and Murdoch is there, and um, you know, he makes the point that the last time, um, the board makes the point that the last time he was here that he tried to kill all the members of hit which was when he tried to save his sister when he had macgyver try to save his sister and the board's like we're kind of worried that you might compromise the operation after you tried to retire so we're really kind of leery about having you back here the whole thing here is murdoch wants to rejoin hit he wants to be in a, he wants to be back in the ranks of hit and they're like cool but you need to understand. He needs no. He says first. He's like you have to understand that my record is spotless. And they're like, no. But it's not. MacGyver has been the one person that you have never once been able to thwart. And he's like, yes. And this is the this is the one glimpse of him. He says, yes, you're right. But uh, um, he he did help me save my sister from you. So there's a bit of a code of honor there. Yeah. He's like, I he I owe him a debt. Like, yeah. I owe him a debt of honor. And I'm like, thank God that they addressed it. Because <laughs> MacGyver has such a tendency to just, like, drop storylines like this. Yeah. So I'm so glad. And it comes up one more time. I'm just really glad that they at least addressed that because MacGyver saved his sister, Murdoch now owes MacGyver a debt of honor. Mm-hmm. And he's not just going to go kill him because he owes him. He and, owes him and a debt. And nobody can change his mind. Right. 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 Absolutely. And so the board's like, okay, but yeah, we don't really give a shit about that. And Murdoch's like, okay, well, you have a point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he goes, all right, fine. He agrees to kill MacGyver, but they warn him. The board warns him that MacGyver might be too dangerous, even for Murdoch. And I love this because Murdoch goes, well, you see, the funny thing is, is that MacGyver fights fair. And he pulls the knife out and he whips it at the chair behind one of the the, the, uh, the hit members. And he mm-hmm. goes... I cheat. <laughs> and we just cut, we cut, we cut away. And right. I was like, oh my God, that was awesome. Which is awesome because he made it through the metal detector with another knife. Yeah. Of course he did. It's like the Magneto effect where it was just like a plastic knife <laughs> that he was able to get through there with. Maybe it was ceramic. Okay, so here comes one of my favorite scenes in the whole episode. Mm-hmm. So we cut to the houseboat. Mm-hmm. And MacGyver is, so it's winter. It's winter. Because MacGyver's coming back from a skiing trip. And they mentioned it a couple times in the latter in the episode that it's the middle of winter. So okay, I I didn't catch that, and it sure doesn't look like it winter did not to me. look or feel like winter. But they mentioned it a couple times, and you see him come into the house. MacGyver does, and he throws his ski equipment down. But you see, he he look he come he walks up to his door, looks through the glass, and you can tell he's like, huh. there's like couple of candles lit There's on his some table. weird shit going on in the houseboat there's like a, a like a copper statue of a cupid sitting in the middle of the table and he's like so macgyver walks in and there's like this banquet table set up in his house like victorian style you know or even right. earlier than that like you know <laughs> right 1700s like candelabras it looks like it's this huge like smorgasbord right of stuff yeah and he like he walks in and he he doesn't realize what's going on at first and he gets a little bit closer and comes around the corner and we see murdoch on the other side of the table like with a glass of champagne 
welcoming MacGyver to his dinner. Hello, MacGyver. Yeah, he has that beautiful, hello, MacGyver. And MacGyver's just like, Murdoch. What are you doing here? And he goes, well, I just, uh, you know, I, I came in. I wanted to thank you for saving my sister Ashton once again. Mm-hmm. And Mac's like, okay, cool. And he, so he, like, he kind of... He offers MacGyver a seat. MacGyver takes the seat. But, um, he, or, he, first of all, he's like, and this is all for you. This banquet's for you. It's vegetarian. So we know, med- well, it, it, doesn't go, it doesn't go with any of the continuity since we've seen MacGyver eating meat. And at one point in, in an early season, he asks the whole gang after he burns the fish if they want to go out for cheeseburgers. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> so true. I was like, he's not a vegetarian. Yeah, maybe, but, maybe he went vegetarian. So there's so much food here that, and it must have taken Murdoch hours to set this up. It is a full spread. <laughs> yeah. Not just there, but there's stuff on his kitchen, on a kitchen island. There's like biscuits and all kinds of shit everywhere. Yeah. Like, he just set up the houseboat. Like, this is a party. It, I mean, it's it's definitely more than a party for two. <laughs> <laughs> but not if it's Murdoch. But not if it's Murdoch. So Murdoch tells MacGyver as he's sitting down that, uh, unfortunately, Ashton died in an avalanche in Switzerland while on vacation, and now he's the last of his family. <laughs> what the shit? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, and, and MacGyver, like, legit's like, oh. I'm I'm sorry about that. Like he's like, eh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, but it took the took the death of a loved one to for me to to kind of have a rebirth. Yeah, he's like so he's yeah like you said he's like he's kind of reevaluating his life after this, and he's he's decided that he's going to go back into business. And as he's talking about this, these two steel manacles come out from under MacGyver's chair uh-huh. and lock him into place so he can't move. I just want to comment on the word you just used. What did I say? You said manacles. That's amazing. What would you have used? I don't know. <laughs> That's brilliant. Steel manacles come out from the chair and lock him in place. <laughs> oh, it's been a really long day, Greg. <laughs> and he's decided that he's going to go back into business. So he traps MacGyver in the chair, and then he starts setting up this elaborate... Oh, my God. <laughs> this is, like, right out of, out of some Rube Goldberg yeah, book. Yeah, so he, like... So he takes the, 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 the cherub, like, the Cupid centerpiece, and he, like, he <laughs> slides it to the middle of the table, then turns the cherub towards MacGyver so that the arrow is pointing right at him. And now you'll notice, when if you see this, that the, the, the Cupid actually has an arrow mm-hmm. in the bow. Yeah. And according to Murdoch, he has concocted his own form of cyanide well, and tipped... The but you see, he he tipped so he he has the the little the cupid statue and wire takes a rope ties it to the bow of the cupid statue now this thing's probably only maybe a foot tall yeah and then walks back with it and attaches it to his camera tripod and then comes back to the cupid statue all the while talking to MacGyver blah 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 blah, blah. and then he's like he pulls out his little vial he's like this is my own like my own design of cyanide or whatever he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, And he starts dabbing the end of the arrow with it. He's like, and then he's like, all right, now do you feel, do you feel safe, MacGyver? Do you think you can get out of this one? It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. It was, it was great. And it's like, now we're just going to sit and we're going to watch you. And he looks right at the camera. He goes, death of MacGyver, take one. Action. <laughs> and he cuts away. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. So the whole deal is, is that when the, when the flame underneath the rope burns through, it oh wait wait we didn't even talk about that. He puts a candle under the string, oh, right. that's holding the bow back that's attached to the that's attached to the camera, so that when the candle burns through the rope, the tension's going to be released. It's going to take a photo the second that that little cyanide arrow hits MacGyver, and the moment he dies, he's like, it's instant death. Instant death is going to pierce him right through the heart, and he's going to die. It's amazing, and he starts asking MacGyver starts asking Murdoch, like, what do you want from me? Like, literally, what do you want? Fine. Do you want me to admit? Fine, fine. And he's like, I want you to admit that you've that I've beaten you. I want you to admit that right now, MacGyver. And he goes, fine, you beat me. You got me. Is that all right? Is that what you want to hear? And Murdoch immediately, he just, he releases the manacles just as the candle burns through. Mm-hmm. MacGyver rolls out of the way as the arrow goes through into the back of the chair. And Murdoch, and I love it. It was brilliant. Murdoch's like, okay, now that I've saved your life, we're even. <laughs> and he's like, MacGyver's like, okay. And he's basically, he's like, now he can kill MacGyver with a clear conscience. Right. He's like, no one owes anyone anything anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. He's like, and also, he basically, he did want to say thank you. You set up all this weird shit and just wanted to, like, kind of let MacGyver know, like, 
fair warning, I'm coming for you. Yeah. Again. He's like, be ready for me. I'm coming. And so he le- he runs outside and leaves, and MacGyver goes to, sh- goes to follow him. He gets right around the corner of the door, and M- Murdoch fires one shot to keep him back. Mm-hmm. And you hear Murdoch in the distance go, keep your head down, MacGyver! <laughs> and just keeps going. I'm like, fuck, this is great. He's so crazy. <laughs> and so here we get this very sweet scene. Oh. It's the next morning. And we get our, we get the one scene of Pete, and mm. Pete's doing some eyeball exercises. He's he's working his peripheral vision, so he's got his he's got his his index fingers on the uh, left and the right, thumbs. or his thumbs on the left and the right, and he's moving them to the center of his eyes. Well, back he's and forth. basically what he's doing is he's wiggling his thumbs, and as you can see, basically it's a test to see where your peripheral vision starts. Yep, he's wiggling his thumbs, and his his hands are out on each side of his head, like f- fully extended. And he starts wiggling his thumbs, and he starts moving his hands closer and closer and closer. Yeah, and his arms are almost completely outstretched in front of him when he when you can tell that's when he can see. That's his when thumbs. he's noticed, and that he gets there. like. Ugh. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can tell his peripheral vision is, like, gone completely. There's nothing there. Absolutely. Right. So the phone rings, and he picks it up. Or no, his assistant says, Mr. Thornton, it's MacGyver on the phone. Well, tell him I'll call him back. And uh, the, the assistant says, uh, well, Mr. Thornton, he, this actually sounds really urgent. He says it's an emergency. You need, like, you need to pick up the phone now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he picks up the phone, and Matt MacGyver's like, uh, well... Murdoch's back, and Pete's like, "No, fucking no." What he's Murdoch? Not. Yeah, he can't, be, can't be back. I have glaucoma. Murdoch <laughs> can't come back now. This is my storyline, MacGyver. <laughs> oh, Pete, I love you. So rather than kind of take the fight, MacGyver decides that he's going to bail. He's just going to go into hiding for mm-hmm. a while. And, what, and what was the name? He said, there, "There's, you can go up to that cabin. I don't know if it was the same camp. It's a safe house in the mountains that the right. Phoenix Foundation has. I don't think it was the same. I don't know if it was the same one because we don't actually ever see the safe house because Mac right. never makes it. Because there's a name. There was an, I, I didn't write it down, but it rang a bell from an earlier episode. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. And so basically... Pete offers MacGyver a, a foundation safe house and a car mm-hmm. through the foundation. He can just he can get out of Dodge. Yeah, something something that isn't the Nomad, which we haven't seen in forever. Something right. that isn't the truck. And right. Something that isn't his Jeep. Yeah. He's like something no one will recognize you in. Right. Exactly. And so he thanks Pete for it, and you know MacGyver hangs up the phone. And the the issue with this is that Murdoch is going to strike at his friends. Well, this is this is it. So it cuts MacGyver and Pete hang up. Yeah. But not before you see Murdoch has is in the basement has and, and he tapped the phone lines and he's listening to it and he on hangs, a lineman's handset. And he hangs up the phone. And he goes, "Thank you, Peter." And he hangs <laughs> no, up like, the what, phone. I'm like, like what, "What the, the shit?" <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And and the thing is though, MacGyver, of course the phone lines tapped. Right. Of you don't call Pete. You should know after now what seven. This is seven years. Yeah. That Murdoch has tried to show up and kill you. You should literally not do, like get a burner phone. I don't know. Did yeah. they have those in the early nineties? No. Like they were probably like ten thousand dollars. I, I need another cell phone. Yeah. I don't oh. know. I was just like, yeah. I'm like, you didn't realize that he was going to tap this phone because sure enough, MacGyver takes the car. He's on the way to. Oh my god. He's on the way to the safe house and he stops and he sees. Murdoch's Jeep in well, the middle of the road. Murdoch, it's a gigantic, I think it's a black, um, what did OJ drive? Uh, a Bronco. A Bronco. Yes, I, think I think it's a yes. giant black Bronco. Yeah. It's perpendicular, crossing both lanes. MacGyver rounds the corner of this mountain road. Murdoch is standing on the roof with oh, that's a fucking right. rocket launcher. <laughs> that's right. And Mac basically has an oh shit moment. Throws the car in reverse, tries to back up, kind of makes it. Breaks through a crash barrier, and Murdoch fires the rocket at the car, kind of hits the front end of the car. Obliterates the car. <laughs> blows it up, and fire flames everywhere, and it cuts the commercial. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was amazing. Well, not before an amazing line from Murdoch. What does he say? Rest in pieces, MacGyver. Of course he did. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course he, he did. Does. Of course he did. So we come back from commercial, and MacGyver's like, uh, Murdoch is moving in to check out the car, and only to discover that the car's empty. But somehow MacGyver has left behind his money, his Swiss Army knife, and his ID all neat in a nice little pile. Like like they all <laughs> fell out of his pockets, like in the same spot. I was like, what the fuck, really? I'm like, what? So like Murdoch, of course, he takes everything. Of course he does. And he hold, I love this scene because he holds up the ID and he covers MacGyver's first name. Did you notice that? Yes. And he holds it up. He's covering MacGyver's first name. When he's looking name. at it, yeah. yeah. I just thought it was a nice little piece of continuity because where. Yeah. 
what, seven episodes away from revealing MacGyver's first name. Yeah. So MacGyver gets to a campground. Oh, let's uh, let's just be clear. Like he's got a big gash on the side of his face. Yes. Blood's pouring down his face. He looks like shit. Um, probably concussed again. Of course, he and is. like like staggering around. Like, <sighs> oh yes, that's right. Because he's stumbling through the woods, and like he stumbles upon an abandoned mine shaft, and he leaves he leaves his blood across the sign. Which right. obviously we all know that's going to come into play because that's how uh, Murdoch's going to track exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. So he ends up at this abandoned campground, or so he thinks. And this there's this little girl who sees him and goes to get her mother and her mother comes back with a gun and like demands to know who this guy is. And now she- I just want to make a point. I think this is the same campground. Do you remember that episode where there was the Navy SEAL who stole the the anthrax or whatever it was? Oh yeah. It, I it felt like the same place. That makes sense. In the end, you know, when they had like the shootout with the canoes. Was that the one where he, where he, where he, uh, he pulls the back rotor off the yes. off the helicopter when yeah. he's on the dirt bike? I think it's the same okay. area. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I bet it is. As far I, as, far I as shooting locations, yeah. So she demands. She's like, I need you, you tell me who you are right now. And the first thing MacGyver says, I, I don't remember. And then he collapses and, and my fuck, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Amnesia again? That's what I wrote. I said he's got amnesia again. Dude needs a fucking MRI from all the head injuries. <laughs> How many times? This is the third, second or third time he's ended up with amnesia. Right. Because he got blown up off the boat with yep. Deborah, and he lost. Didn't he lose his memory there? Oh, he definitely lost his eye. No, he didn't lose his memory. He lost his eyesight. You're thinking. No, the one. No, you're right. No, no. The no, one where he, he got shot, blown up out of the cannery. And he tries to kill Pete. Right. That's the episode where he gets on the boat and the woman is the captain and she's the, on the on the trawler. And he like he fi- somehow finds his way onto the boat. Right. And the woman's like, what the fuck are you doing on my boat? And he's like, I yes. don't know. I don't know who I am. That's right. That's the one he got blown out of the cannery. <laughs> yes. He got expl- blown up out of the cannery. Yes. So he lost at least he lost his memory at least twice. God almighty. The poor man. I know, right? Seriously. I just like this. He's gotten injured. So last episode, he ended up in a bear trap. The episode with Pete, with where the with, where he gets his hands burned beyond recognition. I know. And in this one, he gets a freaking he gets amnesia again because he gets a rocket launcher shot at his fucking car. <laughs> Dude, I mean, oh MacGyver, this would be enough for like the Phoenix Foundation to say MacGyver, like we're gonna put you out on severance. Like you're right. d- you're done. Like we yeah. need to force you. Like you need to retire now. You've got to stop. Like for the for real. So yeah, so he he completely collapses. So they take him into this like guest cabin, and we see Murdoch very briefly. Like he kind of shows up from behind in the woods. He's kind of watching. He's like, oh. he's like slinking around in the background. And so slinking, perfect. MacGyver starts like he wakes up, and we have a couple of quick glimpses of this um, of of Murdoch firing the rocket launcher. Just a few quick blips. Yeah, my, Try, my, MacGyver's flashbacks. His yeah. memory is he admits that his memory is a jumble because he can't really remember what's going on. And the mother, whose name is Suzanne, is is taking care of the giant face gash. I know. Put like butterfly band aids on it, like hold to hold them back together, like right around his eye socket. Like, yeah. Like the post of the car yeah. hit him. Yeah. It's terrible. And so she's pretty suspicious that he's not who he says he is. He keeps saying he doesn't have a memory. And- but th- they're suspicious. You know, right off the bat, because the the little girl says. Do you think, mommy, do you think daddy sent him? And right off the bat, I'm like, oh, fuck, what is this plot? Right, exactly, exactly. So we got Murdoch again. He's like listening to see what's going on. He realizes at this point that because of his firing of the bazooka, MacGyver now has amnesia. So he's, and I kept thinking, I was like, maybe he's going to try not to play fair. He's going to try to play fair because he doesn't feel like it's right. Murdoch's only, like, he's crazy, but he's fair. But he just said he cheats, though. But he che- right, exactly. He has a code of honor. He has a co- yeah, exactly. But his That's own better. code of honor, right? <laughs> it doesn't have to line up with anybody else, right? Exactly. So uh, Suzanne tells MacGyver that the owner of the campground hired her to watch the campground during the winter months because mm-hmm. it's dead there, and they want to make sure that nobody breaks in. Um, and so as they leave, uh, Suzanne like padlocks MacGyver into the guest cabin, which is really weird. So like, they. <laughs> They let him sleep on this cot. You know, she fixes him up. They chat a little bit, and then she locks him in there. Now she thinks that possibly he was sent by her husband. Whoever, whatever that's all about, we don't know. This story, and we get a little bit more to the story, but it's not. It's, just, it's like a really deep D plot line. It's right, very, right. very quick. And the little girl's like, "No, mom, he's he's good. He's a good man. You can tell. Just you can see it in his vo- hear it in his voice. Right. But anyway, they lock him in there, and MacGyver's like, oh, "Okay, fine." And right, he, he passes out again, and so so Suzanne and her daughter, her name is Amy. They go back to 
like the main lodge and we get a quick shot of Murdoch like just romping on chomping on some chicken wings I know he's like fridge. he's made it into the, on one of the other buildings and he's like digging around on the fridge and eating chicken wings when, <laughs> I love it when <laughs> Suzanne and the daughter show up and he's like oh and kind of bails out the back window jumps out a window and kind of <laughs> sneaks around so suzanne sends her daughter out to like cover up the canoes she's gonna go try to call the doctor and so she gets on the phone and realizes that the phone lines are dead uh-huh. that she can't do it. and she does the usual thing where she clicks the yeah she clicks the receiver like four or five times uh nothing happens we see murdoch we cut back to him he's getting ready to break into the guest cabin and finish off mm-hmm. macgyver and we see amy uh he sees amy like slip in through a loading hatch in the oh, wood box? So, yeah, there's like a wood box. Okay, so MacGyver... No, MacGyver. Murdoch is outside of the cabin it's that gonna, MacGyver's locked in. It's going to get way more confusing if we're, if we're already confusing Murdoch for MacGyver. It's just going to get worse. <laughs> but right now, so Murdoch is standing outside the door. The door is padlocked. So Murdoch takes out his gun and starts screwing a silencer onto it. And he's like point-blank range. I don't think I'd ever want to shoot a padlock at point-blank range. Anyway. No. Fine. <laughs> So then he hears the little girl. What was her name again? Amy. Amy. He hears her, and he kind of peeks around the corner of the the the, uh, the cabin. And like you said, there's like a wood box, like a like a for holding lumber and stuff, like yeah. firewood on the outside. So she jumps into that, and it leads right inside. So yeah. basically, like a dual sided thing. Yeah. I'm just thinking, why didn't M- Murdoch follow her through? It would have made complete sense. But he doesn't. He doesn't. Instead, he sees Susan, Suzanne, yeah. across the parking lot because she's opened up the telephone box on the tel- on the pole and all the wires have been cut. Like She's like, oh, nuts. Oh, my God. Yeah. Where's my daughter? Yeah. And so just before this, as, my, as Murdoch sees this, he gets an idea. And so he takes out MacGyver's foundation ID, cuts his picture out, and puts Murdoch's picture in. Because Murdoch has a photo of himself. Of course he does. Of course he does. Any, any assassin would have a picture of themselves okay. for this very reason. Let's just assume that that's exactly what he tried to do. So we get this little bit about, you know, Amy is now inside talking to MacGyver and, and he's having another jumbled dream. He's just seeing like, again, bits and pieces of what just happened. He's not quite sure what's going on. MacGyver's like, um, you know, he doesn't really remember who he is. And, and Amy was like, listen, I need to ask you, did, did my dad send you? And MacGyver's like, I, I don't I don't know what you're talking about, but I, I'm not going to tell anybody that you and your mother are hiding here if that's that what the problem is. Yeah, basically, th- there's a divorce. The father wants the daughter. Um, and basically instead of doing, going through legal channels, the mother just ran away. Yeah. Because there was this, she tells the, Amy tells this story to MacGyver about how like shortly after the divorce, because the dad uh, like apparently can afford really high priced lawyers, mm-hmm. he hired like two lackeys to try to kidnap Amy at one point. And this is what prompted them to run. Right. Like Amy was on her way home from school. I can't remember the, the specifics, but like Amy was on her way home from school and these two guys got out of a car and tried to take her. Right. Well, you remember that episode, the guy with the really good hair? Um, um, he, he was like a lawyer or something. Oh, is this the Battle of Tommy Giordano? Yes, the Battle yeah, yeah. of Tommy. Ballad? Was it Ballad it was, no, or it's ba- the Battle? <laughs> but we kept calling it the Ballad. I like the Ballad better. But yeah, he had wicked 80s perm hair. Right. It yeah, was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, very similar kind of feel. So yeah, so he she she's worried because Amy's dad has been sending people to try to get them because of this divorce. Um so this is where you said, Greg, so Suzanne sees that the junction box, all the power lot, the phone lines are just slashed. Yeah. So she runs and she starts to run the other way, but Murdoch grabs her and like pulls her to the side and stops her and was like, listen, what, what's, I, I, need you to, I need you to understand. He's like, he holds up her, he holds up the ID and he goes, my name's MacGyver and I work for the Phoenix Foundation and I'm on the trail of a dangerous assassin named Murdoch. And, he, you know, he starts, he starts describing MacGyver so that Suzanne will think that MacGyver is Murdoch, and now Murdoch is pretending to be MacGyver mm-hmm. so that he can get exactly what he wants. So he warns Suzanne, like, if your daughter is in that guest cabin, she's in terrible danger. And um, he asks Susan, like, let me handle this situation. I'm like, God, I fucking love this. I, I love this. This is so great. Because <laughs> he, 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 like, they, they walk around a little bit, and then he looks at the, uh, the, the phone box, the junction box. Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, they've been cut. I could fix it if I had a little bit of duct tape. Yeah, I'm like I was like, what a yeah, great, okay. What I'm a sure you life. could. <laughs> <laughs> so we we cut to commercial and um, Murdoch asks MacGyver, has Suzanne like Suzanne's got a gun, yeah, and he has Suzanne give him the gun and asks her like, go get your daughter out of that cabin, but don't let Murdoch know 
who I am. Or like it was just, yeah. Yeah, I started <laughs> even getting confused here because Murdoch's starting to talk to himself. We'll talk of himself like he's my guy. It was yeah. just like, holy shit, I can't even keep this straight. And then- right. Right, so so before Suzanne can get there, Amy slips out the same way that she came in, and Suzanne goes in and starts talking to MacGyver, thinking that he's Murdoch. Right. So she kind of looks around, and she does. She knows that Amy was there, and she kind of apologizes to to MacGyver, and um, MacGyver's like, "No, that's fine. I just think that your daughter is lonely, and she doesn't really have anybody else to talk to." And she's like, mm-hmm. he, MacGyver says, "Like, you know, I'm I'm not going to tell anybody that you're here, but." Um, I just want you to understand something, Suzanne, that your life on the run isn't doing your daughter any good. And so Suzanne like snaps at him and she's like, well, what do you know? And just, like, I know. And also, well, also, it's like, what business does MacGyver have getting between them? Like, right. Talking about that. She's like, this is no game, mister. And it's also none of your business. And she like stresses the word business, which triggers a memory of, Mag- of Murdoch at dinner like the night before telling MacGyver, oh, don't you worry, MacGyver. This is strictly business. And he like just that quick blip of him right before he shot the arrow, right? Because MacGyver's chest. MacGyver keeps getting these flashbacks of the little cherub and like Murdoch saying strictly business and the and the explosions in the car, all these little bits and pieces of stuff. So, so Suzanne leaves and finds Amy, and so uh, Murdoch as MacGyver tells Suzanne, "Take your daughter into town, call the police, and get them back out here." And he call goes, "But first, police. he's like, but first, you might want to give me the keys to the cabin." And Suzanne right. very easily is like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> okay, like, here you go. Hands the keys over to Murdoch. <laughs> He's like, thank you. <sighs> so Suzanne is taking Amy out to the car, and before they get to the car, Amy just bails. Like, She's like, he's a nice guy, Mom. I don't know what you're talking about. Susan, or Amy, get in the car. Get in the car. We're leaving now. It's like, no, Mom, he's a good guy. I don't trust I don't trust the other guy. He smiles too much. That's, yeah. Talking about Murdoch, because right. Murdoch's just like always like, Ugh. Yeah, she's like, I'm pretty sure he's going to do something to him. Like, because she's immediately, con- like, Amy's convinced that MacGyver is her friend. Like, yeah. that's it. That's the end of that. So... I love this. Murdoch, he unlocks the door and goes into the cabin. And I think MacGyver has the first line and says, you the doctor? Yes, I'm the doctor. I'm the, and I was like, oh, my God. this is great. Yes, I am the doctor. So he walks in, but he's holding a gun in one hand and his camera in the other hand. I know. And somehow, I don't know how he's done this. Somehow he has rigged the trigger of his gun to also control the flash on the camera to take a picture. So as soon as MacGyver, as soon as Murdoch like pulls the trigger and kills MacGyver, it also will Im- instantaneously take a picture of MacGyver at the moment that MacGyver dies. <laughs> so he's somehow done this in time to, to do that. I don't understand it's how. It's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. So the whole point of that is that Murdoch was like, so my killing shot will activate the camera and it will capture your moment of death, proving once and for all to hit that I was able to best you. <laughs> I, like, I oh know. My God, this is great. But first, like he starts, he he. But he's trying to jog MacGyver's memory because he's like, it's not, it's no fun, and it's not fair. Yes, exactly. if you don't know who you are and you don't know who I am, right? Like, exactly. I want you to know who I am. He's like, I want this to be a fair fight. Yeah. So like, I'm just, I'm trying to give you everything I can without actually killing you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um. So like, Amy shows up at the door and starts like pounding on the door, which distracts Murdoch enough for MacGyver to grab a chair and shatter it over Murdoch's back, <laughs> knocking him to the ground. MacGyver jumps out the door and like tumbles down the hill outside when the cabin. Jumps out the door, you mean dives through the, the louvers on the door. Yes. <laughs> like the vented louvers on yeah. a camp a camp door. Straight up dive. Dives right through it over the porch into the bushes. And like Amy runs down the hill after him and like MacGyver grabs her. Murdoch comes out and finds Suzanne with the shotgun and basically like holds Murdoch hostage for a second was like i'm gonna i'm gonna kill you like you need to like don't don't do you need to get off this camp and like she and he refuses to surrender she actually was going to shoot him she did she pulled the trigger and murdoch had obviously removed the shells from the shotgun when he took it from her earlier in the episode he's like ah it's not it's not good to leave loaded weapons lying around and he shows her the shotgun shells why did he keep them i don't know but he did for that very moment so that he could just be like and they detonate in his hand and blow us boom So Murdoch kind of calls out to MacGyver and tells him to meet him at the abandoned mine if he wants to save Suzanne's life. Now, I'm just going to say, <laughs> Murdoch tells MacGyver to meet him at the abandoned mine. Yes. MacGyver stumbled on that mine just after the car explosion. Don't think he actually looked to see that it was an abandoned mine. Where is it? He has no idea I, That's where what it I is. thought. I was like... 
this dude has no fucking idea where he's going. He's like, abandoned what? what so, are, and what and I about? too, I was like, what abandoned mine? What are you talking about? Because it was such a quick scene yeah. of him like sliding his blood across, and then Murdoch like sees the blood and keeps going. And I'm like, wait, oh, another. We're going into another mine. We've had a lot of mine related episodes. We sure do, absolutely. So Amy picks up a, the gun the shotgun that they left and goes starts going after her mom and macgyver's like what do you know give me the he takes the shotgun and was like you need to show me where all the ammo is and i like this because it's kind of fun that like macgyver doesn't remember that he hates guns i know because we get the next scene of him like awkwardly trying to like load the shotgun right (laughs) which is funny because i guess there are different levels of amnesia but i thought in general you kept most of who you were you might i don't know maybe not i have no idea i mean he's had a lot of headshots so he got true he been shot he got shot in the head once too oh i think he he did yeah so i mean he's had a lot of head wounds i mean this this guy's got to have brain damage but oh clearly without a doubt after 123 episodes he's clearly not he's still kicking yep he's still going well so we see a quick shot of of murdoch heading into the mine shaft where he like stands with suzanne at the top of a very deep elevator shaft which tends to get deeper as we get to the latter part of the episode. It gets <laughs> yeah. really deep because he kicks a rock over it, and it's like three or four seconds mm-hmm. of silence, and then it hits. But then at the finale, when we see the when we see the whole thing play out, and we look down again, I'm like, that's way deeper it's than that rock deep. made it sound. It's pretty deep. So he tells Amy, like, get on your bike, go to town, or your nearest phone, call the police, and get them over here as soon as possible. Call the police. <laughs> So he, ha- he starts ambling through the woods because clearly he knows where this abandoned mine is. Of course. And he finds his Swiss army knife stuck into a tree. Pointing the direction. Pointing in the direction of the mine. Now, this is what I kind of started to like. As MacGyver is chasing down Murdoch, he's starting to reassemble bits of himself. Yeah. Like yeah, First, yeah, yeah. he gets the clues where Murdoch almost kills him in the cabin, but he starts to learn about who he is. And then he gets his his knife back, and bit by bit he starts regaining who he like. He goes on his own journey. I thought that was cool. I, I like that. I thought that was nice. It was a nice piecing together. Um, so he pulls the Swiss Army knife out, and he and he finds the mine, and he starts going in, and, and he immediately comes up to this like spider web of wires, um, all over the all over the walls, like one going here to the next wall to the next wall, basically trapping macgyver on one side and then murdoch and suzanne are on the other side and he can't get through so basically murdoch booby trapped himself into the mine with an explosive device right because presumably that's the only way in so he like yeah he set up a trigger and wired up like just zigzags back and forth yeah uh, so macgyver can't get through without setting up setting off the detonator burying everything how did he do that in record time? I have How no did idea. he make that spider web of wires and set up an explosive in what? Nine minutes? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And so I love the timing. Like I we talk about it all the time, but like seven seasons in almost and mm-hmm. like this the con like they don't get the timing right. There's it's, no way he could have done that. It's a prof- he's a professional assassin. He really is. So that's why. That's he how he really is. So MacGyver sees this and Murdoch steps out and basically like dares macgyver go ahead shoot me seriously do it and he macgyver beat takes a beat on him with a shotgun and almost does it but even even though even though he's got the amnesia and he doesn't remember it he can't he real he cannot do it his his brain still functions to a point where he something inside him is telling him do not pull this trigger and even murdoch's like you can't do it can you and i loved it it was so great yeah he's like you can't do this so murdoch activates the elevator and pulls it up and mm-hmm. it comes up out of the elevator shaft because this abandoned mine the elevator still has power and still works that was my note i was like i just realized that this abandoned mine shaft has fucking power <laughs> i don't know how but it has power oh that's because th- i noticed it earlier because as soon as macgyver steps into the sh- mine shaft uh-huh. all the light bulbs go on all the way down the shaft oh r- right like, a, like welcome shaft. macgyver yeah it's like yeah. oh my god so we see that as the elevator comes up Suzanne is tied to the bottom of the elevator. How, okay, how did how did Murdoch do that? Okay, I don't know. So Murdoch tied Suzanne to the bottom of the elevator car and also wired up this booby trap. A very elaborate one because the, if if MacGyver doesn't get past the wires to Suzanne because he lights a fuse to go and he's like yeah. if you don't get through these wires and the fuse goes off the elevator's going to drop and it's basically just going to smash right at and the let's bottom talk of the about shaft. that fuse it's probably 100 feet long yeah. 
and it goes to a, a b- block of plastic explosives on the cable that's holding up the elevator. Right, right. So that's clever. I like that. Yeah. But I'm still. How did he? How did he tie Susan, Suzanne, to that? I don't. I didn't really notice. He would have it. had to like, okay, honey, hold your hold your hands up. Let me tie your hands up. Now let me lift up each leg <laughs> and tie your legs to the bottom I of this thing. I love it. I love every. I have no second idea of how it. he did it. So well, what did he stand on? Because it's an elevator shaft. Right? There's nothing he's underneath gonna, like, it. He's like leaning underneath, like just stand still. I got this. <laughs> Try to get her. Yeah, I have no idea. Unless there was like a sh- like he could get into the elevator and like lift up the floor to tie her uh, like from the elevator. Like un- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. But like so yeah. So he's let's go over this one more time. So he's tied Suzanne. To the bottom of the elevator. <laughs> he has rigged an explosive to the wires at the top of the elevator, so when they go off... Oh, right, right. He has also now wired up the spider web of wires for MacGyver to go through in order for him to save. All in about nine minutes. Okay, yeah. That's fair. He's a professional. He is. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he had all this shit on him the whole time. And so, he had what on him? All this stuff. All oh, this shit. Oh, like, shit as in stuff. Got it, Yeah. So MacGyver's like, well, how am I supposed to do that? Like, what? How am I supposed to stop you? Like, well, what that's you- your problem, isn't it? And so, like, you can see, like, MacGy- like Murdoch again, like you said earlier, Greg, he's really hoping that all of the stuff that he's planted is going to be enough to kind of really kickstart MacGyver's memories. Yeah, basically, he did this so he could get he could get MacGyver back. I think he, at one point he calls him like a muddle-headed amnesiac before <laughs> he runs. It was <laughs> something so. like that. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to have to kill a muddle-headed amnesiac. Good luck, MacGyver. <laughs> That's true. Like, but I love that he runs, but he doesn't. He disappears for the rest of the scene. But he's just like hiding around the corner. He's just waiting. <laughs> he's waiting to see what MacGyver will do. So he leaves, and I like this because this whole scene plays out very slowly and very methodically. As MacGyver's, like he's starting to get this idea of how he's gonna get through because these wires are electrified. I think because what he, yeah uh, I think so he opens the shotgun so there's two things so it's a ele- they're electrified so if he cuts them it'll set it off but if he moves them it'll also set it off like, right so it, it's yeah yeah so he opens the shotgun into like an L shape and props it on the cart track so it stays proper upright. terminology is he breaks it he breaks it to d- take the yeah yeah <laughs> breaks the gun. <laughs> Takes the shells out. Pulls the shells out, cuts open the shell, and like hammers the shot down into like flat discs. So this is the okay. I'm just gonna okay. Please do. He pulls he pulls the shotgun shell out. It looks like a twelve gauge shotgun shell. Yep. He takes a Swiss Army knife and he's gonna cut it open to get the powder and get the, the, the shot out. But did you see how easy he cut it? Yeah. You can't with yeah. a Swiss oh, Army yeah. knife, it cut through it like it was made out of butter. Like yeah. nope, no, no. There's no fucking way yeah, he no, could have cut that. He, he would have been like trying to cut cut it in half. Anyway, he pours the buckshot out, um, and then he he pours the 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 uh, the, sh- the gunpowder out. Right. But then he takes the buckshot, smashes them down into wafers. Like, yeah. W- which I don't I don't know about that. And then he ignites the gunpowder, which heats up the discs that get stuck to the sides. Of his Swiss Army knife, so, so he can use it as like a soldering iron. So what iron? he did? Oh my god, this is so convoluted. He used the lead shot, squished them down into disc shapes, right? Lit the gunpowder to use as a fire to mul- to make the lead molten. He put the le- the discs on his Swiss Army knife. First off, that gunpowder would be like gone. Yeah, that it that, wouldn't have burned. That burned real fast. It burned way too slowly. It was like. It would have been like, fuck, gone, done, over. Right. But no, he uses it basically as solder, solders the the wire grid to the shotgun, which is now broken. It's kind of a 90-degree angle. And then solders the wire to the, the metal of the shotgun and then cuts the wire in the gap between and crawls through the yeah, hole. like snake crawls on his back through the bottom of the wires. And make- I'm like, what the fuck? What? It was fucking amazing. It didn't I, like this whole time. I'm like this, that's a really clever idea, and absolutely none of it would work. Not not a bit of it makes sense. So he runs over to the fuse to pull it out, and as soon as he pulls that other fuse out, it sets off a second fuse higher up that burns up towards the mine elevator. But while it's also burning towards the elevator, it um ignites writing off on a board, and when it comes. When everything becomes clear and the fire goes down, it's he Murdoch has rigged it. Oh no! So that's another thing he's done. He rigged a a baseboard when it gets caught on fire to spell out the word 
R.I.P. MacGyver in flames. <laughs> oh, Murdoch, you son of a bitch. It's amazing. And so that immediately, he sees that, and that triggers not just the memory of the bazooka, but you get a quick shot of him from the Widowmaker when he kicks him off the mountain. That's right. And he gets, you know, you, so he... MacGyver! And, and immediately, he gets his memory back. Poof. And Murdoch steps out and gets ready to kill him with a crossbow. <laughs> yeah, like a little, little, hand- a little handheld crossbow, a little like crossbow gun. And he so so they get into a scuffle. So MacGyver blocks the shot with it with the board. He jumps on Murdoch. They go they go back and forth for a few minutes. He gets he manages to throw Murdoch into a side tunnel and bury him under these like just shit ton of rubble. Yeah, it just comes rock crashing crash down. down out of the ceiling and bury Murdoch. And then he runs up to the elevator car and he cuts Suzanne free. Now this is my favorite scene of the whole episode: <laughs> yeah. the slow rise. Oh my god! So the first thing we see, we cut away from MacGyver as he's freed Suzanne. We see a hand come out of the rocks with the gun or is it a knife no 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 a hand comes up out of the rocks and then next to the hand like this like this commando knife pops up like it's in his sleeve yeah and he then he grabs it and he just keeps coming up out of the rocks just slowly starts sitting up and i'm like oh of course he does he freaking he freaking terminators himself out of the pile of rubble god it was great so suzanne sees him first after he gets out and like Kicks him back onto a pile of ropes as MacGyver is getting ready to finish her. So the fuse reaches the explosive, cuts the cable, and the elevator car starts plummeting yeah. down to the bottom. So MacGyver and Suzanne get out of the way, and Murdoch takes a few steps forward to finally finish off MacGyver. But the rope that's attached to the car catches MacGyver's le- uh, catches Murdoch's leg, and then we get this. <laughs> And we so the, so the rope pulls Murdoch down, and the first thing we see is Murdoch goes, boom, slams his head into the dirt, into the ground, and the elevator, the rope just pulls him right down over with him, and that's all we get. We just hear him scream, MacGyver, all the way down the elevator. I mean, shaft. that's that's it, that's it. We get a top-down shot of the elevator with MacGyver and Suzanne like looking down as MacGyver is pl- or Murdoch is plummeting to his death. Love it. Oh, I love it so much. We need to do at the end of this. We need to do the best Murdoch death uh-huh. because we've got a lot of good ones. Um, so anyway, so we cut back to the finale of the episode, and the sheriff is there, and his men are like searching the mine, and they come out at one point and tell MacGyver that they can't find him. But um, while that's happening, Suzanne tells MacGyver that she's going to try to work things out with her husband. Oh. I don't think they're going to get back together. But they're gonna try to maybe do something because she figured all of this out in like in like the two or three hours since this happened and the police have been there. Right, right, perfect. It's Love awesome. It. So then the sheriff comes over and uh, has a little exchange with MacGyver. We've looked all over the bottom of that shaft. You sure, this fellow Murdoch fell in. Let me guess. No body, right? Well, we'll keep looking. He's got to be down there. No way a fella could have survived a fall like that. You don't know Murdoch. And, and that's like, this is like the first time we actually like really hear MacGyver say that. Like, you clearly don't know who this is. Like, this is the first time he's acknowledged, like, he's coming back. <laughs> Soon as he realized that there was no one at the bottom of this elevator shaft, Mur- yeah. like you, MacGyver immediately realized, like, yep, he's he's coming back. But this is the last Murdoch episode, right? No, there's one more. I think we get one more in season oh, seven. God, I hope so. I think we get one more. Near I the hope end of he's all seven. busted up because he fell down a fucking mine shaft. I really hope so. Well, no, it doesn't no, matter he- because last time he got all burned terribly, but he got plastic surgery to get fixed. Right, because he felt when he fell into the fire pool. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> he got electrocuted and fell into the fire pool. Oh, then Mar- he comes back in the next season, and he's had plastic surgery. <laughs> yeah, like I don't. I wish they just brought him back more. I know. If it was just like MacGyver v. Murdoch. It would have been a great, oh man, it would have been phenomenal. None of this other stupid shit. Oh, it would have been great. So so that's how the episode ends. Now, I don't think I'm going to put it at the level of Halloween Nights, because to my opinion, that's still the greatest episode of the series. Okay. But it was still a really good Murdoch episode. Like, I 
I tend to put Murdoch on a pedestal as just such an outlandish character, yeah. but he's so good and he commits so much to the part mm-hmm. that I cannot help but just fall in love with it every time he shows up on camera. <laughs> okay. I, I love it. So let's, let's so, see what you got. All right. So my breakdown was I gave I gave it I doubled the mullet on this one. So I gave two mullets for the opening sequence plus reintroduction of Murdoch. Just the whole thing with the with the with the Bronco driving into the warehouse and the spotlights and the the hit team sitting on the friggin' pedestals way up above him. Jesus. That got two just because it was such a great way to bring him back in. I gave Pete a mullet just because even though we get what, forty five seconds of him. Yeah. It makes me happy to see him, like to see him still doing stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I gave a mullet for Murdoch's death, and then I gave half a mullet for the slow rise out of the rubble. <laughs> I loved it. Okay, I all right, that. all so right. So I gave it four and a half mullets, not quite a fiver, right? But still a fucking really good episode. So I, I liked it too, but I had some trouble with it. Okay, um, just because I'm like, come on, really? Like I wanted, I wanted the bonkersness of Murdoch to be. I don't know. Like truly bonkers because yeah. at this point like yeah, six and a half seasons in like I, I, I want basically I didn't want the side story of Susan and Amy. I didn't I don't care. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Didn't need it. But anyway, so a mullet for Murdoch. Yep. I gave one mullet for Pete. Of course. And one mullet for Hit. So you only ended up what with 3? I gave it 3. Okay. However, you're right. The rise out of the rubble was pretty damn good. Oh, it was great. And I don't know. So there, uh, uh, and I want to give him points for diving out of the ele- diving through the the door in the cabin for MacGyver doing that. But I don't know. Like there are bits about this episode. Like I loved Murdoch. I thought he was great. Yeah. But the rest of the episode was just stupid. Like the mine. Who? <laughs> wh- why are you in a mine again? Yeah. So I I I'm gonna uh, stick with I'm gonna stay with three. Okay, no, that's fair. Um, so we actually only have to wait five episodes to see Murdoch one more time. Okay, his final appearance is in episode one twenty eight of of, se- of season seven. So we 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 don't have much longer to wait for that. So okay. that, that'll be nice. Um, all right. So I think that's it, Greg. Um, you want to go back to court? Oh, do I have to? I think we're going to have to for this one. This is the third one now? Third courtroom episode. And if we recall, the penultimate episode of season five was Rush to Judgment, which I gave zero mullets. (laughs) So the next episode is season six, episode 20, Trail of Tears. A dispute over Indian rights pits MacGyver and a Native American attorney against a powerful electric company. Why didn't they just say a dispute over Native American rights? I don't know. Because de- I don't, I want to know who writes the DVD synopses because these are coming off the back of the DVD case. Yeah, so that's all right. I have no idea. Um, all right, so you guys have that to look forward to. Um, this was a good episode. So if you guys want to hear more of this and you enjoy uh, listening to our shenanigans, um, find us Facebook Champa and Klein, blow your mind. Twitter blow your mind fourteen. Instagram Champa Klein. You can email us at letusblowyourmind at gmail you can also find us on our website, champacline.com, where not only can you find these episodes of Mullets and Memories, but all of our episodes of our flagship series, Champ and Klein Blow Your Mind, as well as our 24-hour podcast, The 1440, so be sure and check those out. Um, as Greg and I get ready to wrap this up, we are... 15 episodes away from the end of MacGyver. Uh, we would still like to have some new listeners. We've picked up quite a few over the last few weeks. Um, so leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars would be awesome. Um, we've got a couple of five-star reviews up there. You guys have been too kind to us, and we really appreciate the love that that we've been getting. So um, please consider leaving us an iTunes review. It would be really awesome if you could do that for us. But uh, that's going to do it for Mullets and Memories this week. I am Murdoch. I am MacGyver. And you guys have a fantastic week. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke.